You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Brian Dunning from Skeptoid.com. You're listening to Monster Talk. Oh, man, did you see that? Classic bait and switch. Terrible, right? Well, I don't want to be accused of misrepresenting what we are here. This is a podcast about monsters, and I have to be honest, there is almost no content in this episode that has to do with monsters. But it is probably the funniest interview we've ever done on the show. So I'd say listen to it, but forewarned is forearmed, especially if you're a Girolan from D&D. <laughs> oh, look at that. I just increased the monster content by about 100%. <sighs> Get ready for a very silly interview with Dr. Richard Wiseman. It's actually quite unlike anything we've ever seen before. A giant hairy creature, part ape, part man. In Loch Ness, a 24-mile-long bottomless lake in the highlands of Scotland, it's a creature known as the Loch Ness Monster. Monster Talk. Sometimes when you do an interview, things don't go as you expect. While we were at TAM 9, the James Randi Educational Foundation's aptly named Amazing Meeting, we had a great opportunity to interview a number of notable skeptics, scientists, researchers, yet mostly we didn't. That's because the format of Monster Talk is one where we try to focus on monsters and our monster-related topics. Yes, of course, we usually weight our discussions towards science rather than legend, but there's many fascinating topics that we'll probably never dedicate an episode of Monster Talk to simply because they're not related to monsters. I'll give you a few examples. Near-death experience, psychics, alternative medicine, and conspiracy theories, just to name a few. I find them interesting topics, but they really have nothing to do with monsters. Dr. Richard Wiseman is a British psychologist, and he studied a lot of these phenomena. But more importantly, he studied why people believe in them. And that's the topic of his latest book, Paranormality, Why We See What Isn't There. On his website, richardwiseman.com, he has a blog which he frequently fills with stories of ghosts and optical illusions. It's topics I enjoy. When he agreed to talk with us for this interview, I vaguely thought we'd be talking a lot about ghosts. However, as I mentioned before, sometimes interviews don't go the way one expects. This interview was a very, 
very silly thing. And I was pondering what to do with it because it's really quite unlike a typical interview that we would do. But in addition to his interest in these paranormal topics, Wiseman has something else in common with our show. He is reviled by the host of the podcast Skeptico, Alex Sekiris. This is a trait he shares with my co-host, Ben Radford. Both Wiseman and Radford have been on the show Skeptico and have then been berated in absentia by the show's host. If you're not familiar with the show, don't be misled by its title. That is Skeptico with a K, and the show is about as skeptical as an episode of In Search Of or Finding Bigfoot. Wiseman's run-in with Skeptico happened because of his work investigating the allegedly psychic dog, JT, which is a matter he covers in the initial part of his book. Radford's run-in with Alex had to do with an investigation into psychic detectives. In both cases, Alex was deeply dissatisfied with the outcomes of those interviews. There was a terrible communication failure, and it revolved around the issues of bias and understanding the basics of science as a methodology and the difference in the worldviews of Alex compared to Wiseman and Radford. Recently, Alex reached out to Karen Stolzno and interviewed her, but much of the interview was him badgering her about Radford again. He wanted to rehash Radford's psychic detective case and what he has characterized as lying and intellectual dishonesty. Radford, on the other hand, has maintained that Alex didn't understand his position, which might be best summarized in a few observations such as psychic detectives tend to make vague claims that are later remembered as very specific, and memory is very fallible and malleable. Ben actually devoted an entire chapter of his recent book, Scientific Paranormal Investigation, to this case. Now, why am I mentioning all this? Because I did not want to leave Alex's taunts and insults unanswered. And despite our differences, Alex and I are both interested in many of the same topics, as are Ben and Karen. And I found his approach to be both disheartening and annoying. I think his claims need to be addressed. And if he wants to have a debate with the hosts of Monster Talk, which he does, well, we're not going to walk away from it. I have to warn you, there's virtually no way this debate will be topical to monsters. But if you're interested in hearing the outcome, we've partnered with our sister podcast, Skepticality, and Derek and Swoopy are going to host the debate in the Skepticality episode feed. I believe it will show up as a regular episode in their feed, perhaps with a short explanatory introduction by them. We'll be recording it on November 10th, barring unforeseen circumstances, and I assume it will be up the following Wednesday. We will try to keep it civil. I really do think that's the best approach. But I would advise taking a drink every time you hear a logical fallacy or you're likely to end up in the hospital. That being said, let's get on to this very unusual interview with a very funny fellow, psychologist Dr. Richard Wiseman. Monster Dog. We're here today talking with Dr. Richard Wiseman. Hello. Who, uh, and we're at, uh, that's, um, there's a helium leak. Hello. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm going to put on a silly voice for the whole of this. Not this one, this is my actual voice, but I'll be putting on a silly one for uh, any answer. answer that question in two ways. First, okay, my normal voice. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you have a new book out? I have. Paranormality. Oh, it's good. I, oh, brilliant! Brilliant! Yeah. It's it's a work of genius. That's what it says on the back yet. cover. I haven't read it yet, but um, I, I've downloaded it to my Kindle. So my Kindle has actually just been enriched by the process. Absolutely. So, yes. I downloaded it illegally, so I'm good. Did you really download it illegally? That is a disgraceful thing to do. It would I, also I be a shocking improvement in your technical skills. <laughs> <laughs> oh! 
I'm I'm, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm very anti people downloading things illegally. Well, not actually. I'm downloading anti them downloading my material illegally when they should I, be paying I, me for I it. I was actually joking. I have I haven't downloaded really. It. As Blake mentioned, that would be a shocking uh, leap forward in my capability. <laughs> yeah, it would really be good. It's out of character and out of skill set. So. <laughs> <laughs> They can't see this on the mic, can they? I have an actual question. Oh, okay, good. Lordy. <laughs> okay, here we go. Did an interview with Richard recently for Point of Inquiry? I've not heard that show. Oh, it's um, put together by a little organization called CFI. Uh, what's the URL? I'll have to look it up. Oh, excellent. Okay. And uh, so one of the questions I didn't ask you was oh. about JT the Psychic Dog. Oh, not JT the I'm Psychic sorry. Dog. Yeah, it's like it haunts me. It's a show about monsters and, and animals. Oh, and, and we have a, an intimate relationship with Skeptico, so this should be good. Right, yes. He loves me. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, he loves me. He comes over, gives me a little hug, a little kiss. Um, and uh, no, he loathes me. Uh, yeah, JT, the psychic dog. Yeah, as a uh, terrier, I believe, is the breed of dog. And uh, I, I did this a TV show years and years and years ago. And Austrian television had worked out this dog was psychic by taking their owner away. And then uh, when the owner was coming back, the dog went to the window, and this was seen as evidence of uh, the terrier's amazing abilities. And I said, no. No, I said. I stepped forward on the show. I said, no, I'm not having this. I said, that dog may well be going to the window a lot. And um, so we went on and did our own investigation into the dog, and indeed he was going to the window a lot. So we wrote up a paper saying this dog isn't psychic, he just goes to the window a lot. Um, and then Rupert Sheldrake, a parapsychologist, was very upset with us, and he did his own work and thought the dog was psychic. And ever since, the two of us have been arguing about uh, the psychic dog, as if two grown men um, should have nothing better to do with their time. Uh, and if you have trouble sleeping, that material is on the web. You can read it all. Yeah. Yeah, the dog. The, the dog is dead now, I believe. So, uh, so he's the not... data set is finished. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, unless of course Sylvia Brown can take care. Of Absolutely, it yeah, could be the spirit of the dog, yeah. or another dog could channel JT. Right. Well, that, yes. that, that, that really is a totally separate data. I think my cat is channeling JT because sometimes she's at the window. Um, sometimes she's other times she's not. Cats are random. They don't have any predictability. Mm, that's true. That's yeah. No, no. But go on. I hate cats. I really hate cats. I love dogs, but I hate cats. I loathe cats. See, now with that phrase that you just put in there, I can yeah. replace cats with Richard Sheldrake. Uh, Rupert Sheldrake, <laughs> yes. Rupert, yeah. Rupert sorry. I like, I like Rupert, actually. No, he sounds like Rupert. He's a very nice man. Yeah. Um, but no, I hate cats. What they are no, um, it's because they're very sort of independent-minded, mm-hmm. like a dog, which is just stupid. Um, and so, I'd be if all the cats disappeared in the world, it seems to me there'd be no loss to humanity at all. It's a harsh thing to say. But <laughs> what would the old ladies hoard? They'd have to find something completely different. We could find something. Wolves, <laughs> wolves. They could they could hoard wolves. I'd be very pro that. Um, but. I tell you how I, I tell you how I uh, assess animals. Would you be prepared? Let's imagine a, a, an animal could handle a handgun, right? You'd give it to a dog, wouldn't you? Because they wouldn't kill you. The most they'd do is bury it in the garden. Put uh, their heads off. Well, exactly. Well, the worst they do is blow them. Out. Yes. Give that to a cat. You wouldn't trust it. You would not trust a cat with a handgun. You, all your credit card details be gone. Everything would be gone, and they'd be off. I can't have a feeling we've wandered away from the point. My children want a pet, so I have my children, they're all lobbying for pets. Yeah. 
And uh, the conversation I've had goes uh, something like this. The dogs can be loyal companions. Cats are little killers that you take care of. Yeah. Right? So they, they are they, killing machines. They are. They, All the research shows that yeah. dogs are really good for your health, yeah. uh, for everything. There's a new book come out, 100 Experiments, that show why dogs are good for you. Not one little cat, nothing. Nothing. Hate I them. sense selection bias. Yeah, on my part, yes. Yeah. So, well, also, the book's called 100 Experiments Why Dogs Are Good For You. Right, that, 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 yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. It does seem yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's no cats in the index. What? No, <laughs> no. I hate them. So, you were talking about, about, about uh, JT. <laughs> yeah, JT. Yes. It's a dog. So, dog I quite liked it. Very cute dog, actually. Right. Was. Um, well, it was. Yes. Yeah. A, a former dog. Former dog. Um, so, anyway, so since then, since writing what I thought was just like a silly paper for uh, British Journal of Psychology, uh, although the only psychic dog paper in 100 years of the, the BJP's publication. You must uh, be very proud. Oh, so proud. Um, this thing They've has been hounding him ever since. Um, so since then, yes, uh, it's sort of haunted me. It keeps on coming back. People keep on going on about the psychic dog thing, on and on and on. So how do they, excuse me, how do they see JT is important? Rupert, uh, Rupert I, th- I think, has plotted, uh, he's done some plot. Uh, he did two sorts of experiments. One where he had random homecomings and one where he didn't, and he sort of mixed up the data, in my opinion, and, and falsely concluded the dog's psychic. Um, but he gets very upset when you, when you have a go at um, JT. But it's all online. It's all very complicated. It is, and because Alex's uh, take on it is, I believe, that, that your data matched Sheldrake's data. Well, we've only got four trials, and it is true that I think the pattern three of them is the same as Rupert's, but it's not about the patterning, it's about the interpretation. I, exactly. I think, I think it's nothing surprising, the fact that the patterning is there. Um, so it's kind of interesting from a sort of methodological point of view, because obviously you can't ask the dog. If you, or you could ask it, and that wouldn't be surprising. But if it replied, that would be more surprising. Uh, then, then, so it's the interesting thing with all animal work is how you try and work out what's going on in an animal's head. Right, but do the patterns match? That's an easy question. Oh, the patterns probably the, do. The interpretation is uh, more subtle. And, that's and, right. And I think that's a, a pretty serious issue yeah. uh, in that sort of uh, interface between skeptics and believers. Uh, how do you interpret the data? But does anyone really care? They should. Well, see, they, well it's... I, no, I would say I don't care. But, no, but you I, don't care. I mean, none of us care. None of us but, care. But we've been spending ten minutes on it. So yeah. it's a <laughs> story specifically about JT. But there's this whole other issue um, of, of uh, whether or not psychic powers are real, and and what's happened is skepticism um, has relegated these sort of uh, studies into this really small niche, uh, and is that that niche kingdom is coveted and at the same time um, it's reviled by skeptics and, and everybody who's in it is fighting to get it out and make it powerful mm-hmm. you know and and that's, I think I've stretched that metaphor as far as I can but I, I guess the point is to, to people who aren't defending that position it seems trivial and to people who are it's paramount so it, it is I mean and, yeah. and, and parapsychology has a long history of this debate with skeptics going backwards and forwards I just think this particular one with this particular dog I think I'll just move on go and get another psychic dog and we'll do it all again or if it fetch me another yeah fetch me that's right, right. that's it yeah. and has, has, has he been doing that I mean is he, is he open to doing it again there was one other dog but the experiments are quite straightforward to do it's just that the way Rupert does them I, I think have got a big um, flaw right in the middle of them um, so I'm actually quite pro a lot of Rupert's work I think it's quite clever but there's always these methodological problems with it but I think what's interesting is they're pretty straightforward experiments to do and for some reason they're never done in this kind of watertight way so, but, but, but you have to admit that he does have one of the leading psychic dog protocols. 
<laughs> he, I see. That's, that's clever. That's clever. Yeah, yeah, there's a whole pack of them. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, did you have something? Yeah, moving on. Let's move we, on from move JT. On away from JT. Well, I hate to because we do need to talk to Alex in the near future. So. But I guess we will. So you have this book we were saying. Oh, it's good. What's it about? Work of genius. <laughs> um, it's called Paranormality. And um, it's about... It starts off the premises that paranormal phenomena are not genuine. And so we don't get bogged down too much in the, the sort of like, oh, is it true? No, it's not true. Yes, it is true. No, really not true. And then you go back. And so it starts off with the idea, maybe they're not genuine. And they ask the question, why do people believe in psychics or mediums uh, or have out body experiences? What do these things tell us about our brains and our beliefs and our behavior? Uh, and I don't want to use the phrase work of genius, um, too many times. Uh, too many times. That's right. That's the end of that <laughs> sentence. Um, so I did it, and uh, and it's, it's coming out in about twenty different languages, but not in America. Not in America. So here's a story. Yeah. Breaking here now. Yeah. Is there a conspiracy to keep you out of American bookstores? Yes. Yes. It's the uh, the assassination of presidents uh, is linked somehow uh, with the Twin Towers disaster and paranormality not being published. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Me. yeah. Yeah. I see you've drawn some lines here. That's very compelling. I know. Yeah. Um, the uh, and JT as well. It's all linked together in one big conspiracy. If you just look at it the right way. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, um, what can be JT behind the grassy knoll? So here's the question. Are you urinating on it? <laughs> Maybe this is not the right question to ask. But I, I see, in addition to hosting this podcast, I'm also very interested in digital publishing and how it's changing right. the publishing industry. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, is your digital book put out by your British publisher? No. Uh, so, to, to get into the mechanics of yes. it, we um, you, you'd sell the, the right to reach territory. Uh, so, so, you'd sell in the UK um, and by some quirk of um, uh, history, they also own Canada uh, but, and Australia. But uh, then, then you sell every other territory. Um, so, you would sell in Germany, you sell in France and so on. And then you'd sell it in the US. So as an author, without it being sold, I own the rights to the US. Ah. So that's just the way it goes. Uh, and so in this particular instance, I can put out a Kindle very easily because of digital technology, which is just a complete um, uh, amazing, amazing platform. The physical book is harder because... It is. You, it's you've thicker got, too. It's thicker. It's thicker. Yeah. When you hit people with it, it hurts more. Um, <laughs> And so it's harder because you have to actually physically produce this thing and distribute sure. it, which is very hard to do. So I've asked UK, my UK publisher, Macmillan, to do that in the US. Oh, really? So they're shipping over copies, but they are the British copies, and they're also very scarce. So how do you use the word color or airplane? Because that could be really confusing, the way it's spelled. Yes, all of that. It, it is very confusing for people. Okay. Yeah, there's a little chart you get with um, the it's color. Like an no, that's right. That's, that's right. Nice. Yeah. And do you have typos sprinkled throughout? Uh, absolutely. Yes. But, yeah. But, but if we could skip that whole process and save uh, the expensive boat... Yep. Uh, trips if we just buy the Kindle edition. Absolutely. I would I'd be very pro you doing that. I imagine you would yes. from what I know of the Kindle. Yes. Yeah, yeah because of the environment, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. It, especially around your bank account and wallet. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, it, it is changing it and, and no, because I the publishers are it. very, very nervous at the minute because, uh, you know, it, it, it means that you get 70% of the cover price as, a, as an author well, versus... Well, many of our listeners are capitalists and would agree with this yeah. because not only do you get more money, but we save money. You do, yeah. So it's really good. So it's it's a very interesting time, and and of course bookstores are, are going under. Borders, I think, has gone. Waterstones, I think, is yeah. so. It's um, it's a very interesting time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. 
Computer Solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Each week on Chinwag, we dig into the weird topics you wonder about, that you care about. The stuff none of us are totally sure of, like the Bermuda Triangle, Mothman, Consciousness, Philosophy, UFOs, Ghosts, or say Bigfoot. So who's to say that there's not alien species that are Sasquatch? Like I've seen a ghost, and I would hear something walking and breathing. Maybe every path is right. I will accept as a premise that every path is right. That is a face on Mars. Eyes, nose. It kind of looked like Wilson the volleyball. Some people enjoy the waves or whatever uh, crashing, and I enjoy listening to a quantum physics audiobook. I do think there are many things in the world that we just don't understand yeah. and probably won't understand. That's our yeah. whole show. <laughs> so join us every Wednesday on all major podcast platforms and find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at ChinwagPod and Wagon. Yeah, it's very sad to see the empty borders. So. It, it, it is sad, but it, it is, I believe, driven in part by the Kindle um, so success. So was part of the reluctance that for, you, for U.S. publishers that, uh, that a, a skeptical book was not going to be uh, well-received and well-sold? Well, they, they just, maybe they just heard about you, and they're like, we're not, yeah, we're we're not publishing him. Jesus yeah, Christ. yeah. I, I went to one of the meetings, and there's a big picture of JT on the wall. I thought, this is going to go badly. <laughs> I said, just leave it. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, no, it's, it's a... Uh, it's a rough time for publishing. I mean, to be, to be fair, we're in a sort of economic downturn and, and, and Kindle is changing everything. So it is a difficult time for them. Um, and I suspect they're moving over to, to short bets. And I think they looked at this and said, you know, the paranormal books that sell very well are the ones that are saying it's all true. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not sciencey enough to be a hardcore science book. It's not about physics or chemistry or, or whatever. And I think they're just very, very nervous uh, about it. And there was this suggestion that if I could rewrite it to suggest that maybe some ghost did exist um, or some psychics were genuine then maybe there was an audience uh, and I was saying that was quite a rewrite uh, it wasn't just dropping the word not out um, so is it, is it yeah. possible that because you spelled skeptic with a C they thought the book was about septic oh now you said that yeah. I'm going to have to go back and apologise to a lot of people <laughs> clearly <laughs> I'm so sorry there's been a huge misunderstanding associating us with sewage yes, yes. thank you yes yeah, yeah. Uh, not for the first time in my uh, experience but um, yeah uh, so um, yeah, so, but, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's as an author, the notion of putting out a book and being able to distribute it on Kindle five years ago, I think that would have been impossible. You know, you're seeing this change would have been. so quickly, so quickly, and there weren't Kindles. That would have been why it would have right, been tricky. Right, yeah, yeah, it yes. would have been actual wood. It would have been a Sony e-reader, and it really is a totally different experience. Yeah, I love the Kindle. I've got to say, I, I bought one a couple of weeks ago, and it's so good. It yeah. is. It is. Like, you know, I was reading on the plane on the way over, and it feels like paper. It's I don't great. want people to think you know, you know they talk about big farm. I don't want people to think we're part of big Amazon, but I really do love my Kindle, and the fact that I get the Kindle app for my phone and the Kindle app for my uh, iPod iPad. Uh, there are other applications out there, but yes, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's uh, it is great. Yeah, very nice. I was going to ask uh, if we could just go to a more general topic. Um, do I need to move in? We, I've got you on the sort of audio B over here. Oh, okay, because I thought a lot of us trying to project more into that one. There's nothing wrong with that. 
Sure. So, um, so um, you've written a lot about psychics and ghosts uh, over the years, and I'm wondering if you've ever treated cryptozoology in any of your works. I don't think I have. I don't think I've ever gone near Bigfoot. Um, psychic Bigfoot. Psychic Bigfoot. I've, you know, there are two areas I think I haven't touched on. One is UFOs, and the other is cryptozoology. So I, I don't think I have anything to add to this other than an enormous amount of ignorance. It won't stop me talking about it. I mean, no. I could talk endlessly. Well, um, ghosts, because of the I've got a gorilla suit, if that makes any difference. Um, it no. might here in Vegas, but I don't <clears> know if it does in general. Did you bring it? I always travel with it. Excellent. It gets a bit cold on the aircraft sometimes. So, sure. And if you need to hide from believers. Oh, I thought that was Richard Wiseman, the JT hater, but it's just some gorilla. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Carry on. I think Wiseman's still in that restroom over there. I saw him go in. <laughs> um, I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> the... the uh, uh, you do deal with ghosts, though, yeah. extensively. So here's a question for our listeners, or, for, or a topic to discuss. Uh, much ado has been made about uh, ultra-low frequencies and yeah. EMF, and how those things can have an impact on the brain and mm-hmm. its uh, a perception of possible hauntings. Has any direct correlation uh, been made between those... Uh, audible frequencies or electromagnetics and reproducible sort of things? Oh, I think it's a really controversial area. So there's, there's a couple of different... Nice. That was just psychologist talk uh, for bollocks. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah, so, so basically you have two different areas. One is the um, infrasound, the low-frequency sound waves. And I think that's plausible. I think it's plausible. And, and uh, the late Vic Tandy came up with this idea that low-frequency sound waves could, could make you feel slightly weird. And then we did the experiment um, where we staged two concerts and put the infrasound into one of them and people did have more weird experiences. So I think that's at least plausible. But we were, we'd made the machine which pumps this stuff in. The idea of that being naturally occurring to me is a little bit far-fetched, but maybe. And then there's the EMF stuff um, and, and, and particularly Persinger's um, sort of god helmet uh, idea and I'm pretty sceptical about that I mean now there's been some studies where you can get the same effects without turning on the, the helmet um, I suspect what you're looking at is suggestibility a lot of the time on it so I'm, I'm not a big fan of that Do these experiments help support a materialistic view of ghost experiences? And I think what you're saying is no. I think that's what I'm saying. Yes. I, I think that the infrasound may be EMF. I mean, they're really small, weak signals, and our heads are pretty well insulated against it. So I think it would take a bit of convincing for me to think there's something going on there. Wow. So, so um, do you think that you see any methodological flaws with Persinger's... Persinger's... I want to work through this in post a lot. <laughs> Is it Persinger or Persinger? I think either will be fine, depending where you're from. Okay. Yeah. Did, did you see any methodological flaws with the experiments, or do you think that other uh, studies afterwards, is what you're saying, other studies afterwards have shown that it may be placebo? Is yeah, that, I mean, so, so basically somebody took the equipment, yeah. didn't turn on the current, oh, nice. and, and then you get the same effects. That's and he's good. argued against that. But that should, that should be your control condition. Yes, it should. So what was it before? I, I'm not certain. It's unclear to me what the control condition. Okay. Wow. Uh, Do you think he's made. heard of control conditions, or he just he just he thought that they weren't relevant to his research? I, I think you see you could see how you could 
get into this trap of thinking, well, you put the helmet on, and people have these weird experiences. Of course they wouldn't have that without the, 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 the helmet. And so, it turns out... It is. But somebody else, a historian pointed out to me, when you look at the really old Victorian um, sort of phrenology, hypnosis literature, that you've got hypnotists pointing at areas in the head and then people having really weird experiences which apparently correspond to that, that mm. particular area. And he said it's not unlike the passenger mm. stuff where, where, you know, if you get suggestible people and you say, yeah, this is now stimulating your whatever zone, that they have the experience. So it could be that going on. So I, I'm, I'm quite sceptical yeah. about it. What about, okay, so Persinger's uh, God helmet? Yeah. Uh, you're sceptical. What about his wizard shoes? The wizard shoes are genuine. <laughs> nice. The wizard shoes, the ones that make you fly, uh, they're, they're genuine. Yes. Yeah, I've actually got a pair of them upstairs. So what about people having experiences in uh, rooms with oddly shaped ceilings and things like that? Mm, this one. Like this one. I, I, well, I, I think, I suspect what's going on is we've got stereotypes in their heads of what sorts of rooms are haunted from films and so on. I'm going to cough. Um, so I think we have stereotypes in our heads in terms of what sort of rooms are, types of rooms are haunted. And when you walk into them, you feel scared. If you're a suggestible person, you then get all the, the stuff kind of following on from that. I suspect that's what's So happening. you could test that by taking people with uh, different cultural backgrounds and exposing them to spooky houses and seeing if they're affected. Yeah, or, or you, you tell people one's room's haunted and another one's not, and right. then you switch it around and lo and behold, they have all the experiences in the room which is allegedly haunted. Do you ever have sleep paralysis yourself? No, sleep terror I have. Oh. I have a lot of sleep terror. So I have a, a relative who has that, which right. sucks. So I've, I've had sleep paralysis. Very scary. Yeah. So... No, it's it's um yeah, it's it's um, uh, sleep terror uh, more problem for other people near you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, big big time. Uh, so if people don't sleep terror, you wake up. Uh, we well, don't wake up. That's the problem. You, you sit up, uh, and then you're convinced there's a demonic entity. Normally, yeah. in my case, or a, or a terrible dog. Never a cat. Interesting enough. Terrible uh, dog in the room. Psychic dog. <laughs> so you, you can you can scream out. You can and uh, so so my uh, partner Caroline uh, then wakes up thinking there's somebody in the house or something, and so her adrenaline's going, her heart's going. Uh, just to see me kind of just fall gently back to sleep and I'm fine and now she's terrified so um, yeah that's uh, that's great it's pretty much nightly occurrence it's wow. hilarious yeah wow. yeah. I fake quite a lot of them because it's just quite funny then to watch yeah. her <laughs> it's a lot more fun if you oh it's yeah, hilarious for sure, for sure. yeah so yeah. do you, do you, uh, Paranormal Activity, the movie, did you see Yeah, I yeah. yeah. love that. I thought yeah. it was good. So I enjoyed you, it. Now, you probably have been filming yourself for some time, right? There was um, a time when we were doing the ghost work when we had infrared cameras and movement sensors. And because of the night terror, I set them up and yeah, filmed myself. I would too. And yeah. they're great. They're yeah. great to watch because you're, you're up and because you, you're looking around, you're following this demonic entity. You go straight back to sleep because I never get to see it. Yeah. So, you no, know, it's kind of fun. In fact, then some sleep researchers have used that tape because it's quite rare to have people tape themselves doing it. Wow. No, 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 you don't remember at all. No. Unless you drift out of consciousness. If you say the person's name quietly, they slowly drift out. But then you feel a complete idiot because you're telling somebody about the dogs and then you suddenly realise that you're actually in your own house and there are no dogs. And then you try and justify it. But there's no dogs. Don't be daft. And then you go back to sleep <laughs> thinking, I now feel a complete tit. Yeah, the, the, I, the, the, the relative I have, uh, you wake them. It's completely pointless to wake them up and talk to them about it. It's just... It's just as he said, you wake up uh, horrified that somebody's some, someone dying, someone screaming, yeah. you know, and uh, it's really, really frightening for the non-participants, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so the scariest experience I ever had, I was in a hotel, um, this was probably about seven or eight years ago, and in the morning, I woke up and I thought, God, I had a dream, I was a dream, I remember it was coming back to me, 
It's like some zombies or someone trying trying to get into the into the room. Guys, weird dream. And I turned around and the chair was jammed really hard against the door wow. in the hotel room. Really seriously hard. So I'd obviously got out of bed, jammed this chair really hard, got back to bed and, and slept. Uh, That's a good self-defense system you have there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah, so. Because it's possible there were genuine so zombies. So your uh, partner probably doesn't let you have weapons around the bed? Uh, well, she likes that, you see, because it adds a certain <laughs> frisson. Uh, is, uh, yes, yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. Me have weapons around. Right. Do you know in my hometown you have to have a loaded handgun? <laughs> That's what they do there, right? No, no. I mean it's an ordinance. You have to own a loaded handgun. So do you? Well, yeah. So it, it's. I was just going to ask about. Look it up, Kennesaw, Georgia. Is that what they do? Is that what they do? It's a friendly Kennesaw. town, but don't try to commit a crime. <laughs> I'll shoot your ass. Well, it, it, given that you've been doing this for decades now, the, the sorts of research, and you've become something of a celebrity in the UK and elsewhere, and you, you and your work spans everything from you know, luck to ghosts to this and that, you have a, a, a very broad you know set of data that you've developed and this and that. I'm wondering what's been the res- the, the response among the the British public. Are, are there certain certain of your projects that really resonate that people are like, oh my god, this is awesome? And are there other projects that are just generally ignored because they think that it's relevant or what? Before he answers that question, I'm going to tell our listeners that Mr. Wiseman or Dr. Wiseman is actually professor. Actually. Professor has actually changed his clothes and Ben Radford is now wearing a fake mustache. Mm. Completely surprised me. That's that's the sense of integrity I bring uh, to uh, even podcasts. Um, that you can't see it, but all of us. Uh, and I was shocked. And I, I didn't I, notice yes. it until I pointed it out. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, in terms of the public, I don't think they're particularly interested in the paranormal. So what I'm best known for is my work in psychology of luck um, and and some of the 59 seconds work in self help. Most recently. Um, and this got the same amount of flack as the paranormal was the wine tasting experiment I did where we gave people expensive and inexpensive wine and they couldn't tell the difference 50-50 on every single type of wine we tried wow. boy did that upset the wine industry but, oh. but that's been done before I know that's, yep. what, so what? they hate it they but hate it that done that by way. someone from Britain and it was done in a high um, profile way we did this part of the Edinburgh Science Festival so it's the front page of a lot of newspapers whoa that was a bit like saying ghosts don't exist it was like this flood of emails coming nice. in um, so that was quite exciting. And what, what, what do they, they, they question your methodology? Yeah, or they didn't they understand just... it. They, they couldn't, my favourite one was that somebody said, right, so you gave them either inexpensive or expensive wine, so could you tell the difference, and they're at 50-50. I said, yep. And they said, that means they were right half the time. <laughs> yeah, that's a very interesting interpretation of that, that data set. Um, so, no, they got very upset, and they demanded to know which wines and, and all sorts of things. Yeah, they got, they got very nasty about it. But I... Actually, it's been done time and again. That's interesting. So you actually like set the like some of the best uh, bottled versus the best boxed wines. Yeah, we had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. We had wine that was terrible. It was about two pounds fifty, which is. Uh, you know, that's you, a, is that money? Uh, no, no, that's it's actually uh, way two pounds. <laughs> two pounds fifty. That's right. Yes. Uh, I don't want two pounds fifty. It's like four dollars or something versus um, uh, twenty pounds. So quite an expensive bottle of wine. Even heavier. Uh, yeah, even heavier. And people could not tell the difference, which is quite funny. Nice. Even wine tasters couldn't. And, you know, if you drink enough of it, you don't care anyway. That's Precisely. At the end of the experiment, I have to guess who they were. That's a dating tip out there, guys. (laughs) 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 Cut. (laughs) This is fun. This is one of the better interviews we've had this that's terrifying despite what you're being here yes that's right yes you just cut me out it's just you guys chatting I'm trying to think of who I did have dinner with the other day 
Oh, no, no, it's because I'm jet lagged. Did Charles... you say who you didn't have dinner? No, with? I did have dinner. Oh, with him. <laughs> I didn't have dinner with him. Then that's a much longer list. Charles, who does the eyewitness testimony stuff into sea monsters. Dr. Charles Paxton. Uh, yes. Anyway. So he's doing a whole thing on sea monsters, loads and loads of stuff about observation and sea monsters. Excellent. Yeah. But we shouldn't talk about it because it's all secret. I'll talk about it off mic. Yeah. But he's really getting in contact with him. I don't know if you have But he's doing a whole load of things where he's dressing people up as Bigfoot and getting them to walk around in, in the uh, ocean. places. In the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That will shock some people. Yeah. Uh, so, um, no, he's a good guy. He's really good. Yeah. It's a very interesting job. His job is working out how you tell the population of things like dolphins. Mm-hmm. So from observations... Because they hate surveys. They hate surveys. You try and, like, the thing, and they go, no, we're too busy. Right, yeah. right. No, seriously, is this a conspiracy? Because I, I'm not into this. <laughs> so. It's a very interesting job. He, he does uh, for the UN. He does um, uh, try to work out how many oh, dolphins are on the world. it is a part of a conspiracy. I was yeah. joking, and it's... Yeah. No, really. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so it's something interesting. Wait, 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 wait. He does it for the UN. Yeah, because it really matters. To work out whether dolphin populations are going up or down, mm-hmm. and the question is, how can you do it? Because you can't count them. Oh, so they've, they've said you can't do that because that would give you the real answer. Which they're just <laughs> hard to get a hold of. No, you, you can't count them. You're yeah. forbidden to count them, but I want to know how many there are. <laughs> That's right, and no counting. One, two. No, I told you, no counting. Uh, so it's very interesting uh, mathematical modelling. And then he went from that. In so, so what it's all about is is how you take. People saying, oh, I saw a dolphin last week. And you take all of those things and you get an idea of the population. But then he noticed that you could do the same with sea monster sightings. And so that's what he's, cool. he's about. Which are also uh, not supposed to be counted or immune to counting. There's a punchline there. I'll work it out. So. Yeah. So about this new book. Uh, that's, yes. Yes. I work a genius. Yes, yes. Yes. So what, if, if a person was going to buy your book. Yeah, or download or it. Download Kindle. it. Yes, uh, what, what would they find? Um, they would find me being slightly financially better off um, okay. and considerably happier. Nice. So, um, so is that all it takes? Is there a correlation? Sad, sad man. Is it a causal relationship or just a strong correlation? Very strong correlation. Very strong correlation. Yeah. Nice. Uh, you can never tell those different, uh, the, the, which, which direction it goes in. Uh, no, it's, uh, they'll find a, a sort of sceptical primer. Because uh, I was thinking, I don't think it's a single book that puts it all together and says, here's our current thinking on all these different types of experiences. And hopefully they'd have a good time. Now, will, will you be going on Skeptico to talk about it? I just did Coast to Coast. That's different. How, that, how did George handle it? He was nice. He you know was what, he's perfectly he's, pleasant. He seems like a, a gentleman. And then you get your stuff in front of three million people. Yeah. So, so that's yeah. nice. Um, yeah, uh, Many so, of whom can read. It's fantastic. Some. Uh, but some <laughs> of the, the, the phone things in were... Just that awful type of, you know, I've had this experience which there is no possible explanation. Now, you explain that. There, there was a lot of that going on with the people calling in. You know, I saw a ghost. It was sitting there. I've ruled out every single possible explanation. I've got it on film. There are 100 witnesses. It cannot be explained. Now, you explain that. There was it's a lot like of that. The, the counting thing, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah. Don't count on it. Wow. Are we done? I'm afraid we probably are, but I, I, I I'm just, oh, so uh, I have a question. Yeah. So you, um, you did a uh, an American special on comedy with uh, Louis Black. Louis Black. That was lovely. So what was that like? It was, was lovely. Man. He's, he's really answered my question before I asked it. Are you psychic? Yes. Um, the, he's a lovely man. He's very funny. Yeah. He's very funny. And so this was to do the world's funniest joke, and we tried. It was an interesting. 
today because we had a schoolroom set up and the idea was that I was telling him about my search for the world's funniest joke. And we tried it one way and it didn't work. We tried it a second way. So we tried it with him as school pupil, it didn't work. Tried it with him interrupting me, it didn't work. And then we finally kind of nailed it uh, in the, the final uh, thing. But With him as straight man con- continuing you failed. That, that's right, that's right. And then that worked and you could feel it coming alive. But it was a little bit, it was getting close because that was the final um, uh, take on it. And we only had about another sort of 15 I minutes it was or so. Very good. But it is funny, it's on, yeah. on YouTube. He's a very funny man. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. And very skeptical. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hilarious, but um, I think he's quite a strong atheist as well, isn't he, Lewis Black? I believe so. Yeah. If he's not, he's uh, probably in trouble with his God. So Right. right. He yes. said some very rude things. Right. So. I, yeah, that's right. Yes. So. He's, he's good. He, made, he uh, made me giggle. Nice. That's good. Well, I, I just want one other question for me, which is that, uh, again, given all the different things you've looked into, luck, ghost, everything else, wine, tasting, what are you most proud of in terms of uh, something that you really feel is your enduring contribution? Not JT. Definitely not JT. <laughs> I think I would go with the luck work. I, I think when that came out, and it came out all around the world, uh, it used to be, it's not so much now, it used to be daily emails from people saying, this has changed everything for me. And it's very hard to, to, to get those emails and not think, that's a really good use of skepticism. Mm-hmm. You take this magical thing, you unpack it, and then you repackage it in a way that suddenly people are being skeptical uh, without realizing it and putting this stuff into their lives and it's making a difference. So I guess that will be the thing I suspect that will be on my gravestone. It'll be Richard Luck Factor Wiseman. It's, it's a good book. I, yeah. I'm not reading it and thinking uh, of good stuff. Or it'll be, you know, a debunker of JT. If you have anything to do with it, it'll be debunker of JT. Right. And there'll be a stone dog. Like urinating constantly right. on my grave in first class. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. I would like that. That'd be a nice memorial, wouldn't it? Stone dog constantly urinating on well, my grave. Just leave some of your profits from your new book so that we can finance that. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. I was saying, I, I really enjoy your website and and it's um, very kind. Thank your, you. Your quizzes, and I don't know if you've noticed, I've done a lot of the. Uh, the ghost cases for the ghost photos. I do a lot of analysis. So, oh, cool! So, okay. I, 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 several of them I've posted the solution. So, that's very brilliant. Very, very, very good. Yeah, no, they're, they're always fun when people send yeah. those in. So, I wish I lived in the UK so a bit, uh, to, like for the castle investigation. I would have totally driven to the castle. It was, that, was, that was that was cool to yeah. talent. So. Um, the windiest place on earth. We went uh, out there, um, and then the ghost investigation. When we did the science of ghosts. So it was amazing. About a thousand ghost pictures we had. And it was so much fun. I mean, yeah. most of them were rubbish actually. But when you got a good one, where you think, no, fair, fair game yeah that's, i can see what you mean yeah. uh it's it's uh, it's good the, uh, the the wedding photo where there's the little face yeah it's that's great very creepy yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah yes yeah no there's, there's some good stuff on there there is some really creepy creepy stuff on there monster talk thanks for listening to monster talk today's episode was hosted by myself blake smith ben radford and dr karen Stolzno. we interviewed psychologist dr richard wiseman about his book paranormality or at least that's what that was supposed to be. A link to Dr. Wiseman's book is in our show notes at monstertalk.org and skeptic.com. It really is quite a thought-provoking and interesting book, despite what our silly banter may have led you to believe. Please buy a copy and help the poor man have a nice day. Monster Talk is produced with the help of Skeptic Magazine. The views expressed on this show are not necessarily the views of Skeptic Magazine or the Skeptic Society. Special thanks to Brian Dunning for permission to use his audio in our intro. And speaking of thanks, I need to thank the listeners of Monster Talk for the great response to our transcript project. Your contributions have now funded three episodes to be transcribed. 
If you want to take part in this project, please go to monstertalk.org and use the donate button. It costs less than $70 to get our episodes transcribed, so even a donation of a dollar is helpful. We really appreciate any level of support. Thanks this week to Katie Alvardo, Brian Beaton, John St. Clair, Shane Brady, James Nealon, and Robert Smith for helping this project take off. We really appreciate it. And we'll be starting some kind of producer's credit system for recognizing your contributions. Music during the intro was by the incomparable Symbian Project and used by permission. A link to the track will be in the show notes. And of course, Monster Talk theme song is by Peach Stealing Monkeys. Thanks for listening. skepticism? Want to learn the truth about the scientific controversies of our time? Then subscribe to Skepti, the quarterly magazine Stephen Jay Gould called the best journal in the field. To subscribe, visit Skeptic.com today. We're here today talking with Dr. Richard Wiseman. Hello. Who, uh, and we're at, uh, that's, uh, there's a helium leak. <laughs> Some of them still unsolved. So, Check that out, folks. We'll put the link in the show notes. Okay, well, thank you so much for blowing an hour with us. Ah, uh, pleasure. <laughs> pleasure. Seriously. Thank you. Appreciate it. Just With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.